Welcome to Fred Basin's Diaries, read here by Clive Farahar. This is a book collector podcast sponsored by Adrian Harrington Rare Books of Tunbridge Wells. Fred Basin's Diaries, Part 6. Nineteen thirty-four. Nice friendly letter from C.S. Evans, the boss of Ironman, saying I could complete a book of Willie Morm's epigrams and bright lines and call it The Wisdom of W.S.M. I wanted to do this for ages. At first I thought of Cecil Palmer and his calendar of sayings of the day for the whole year from one writer's work, i.e. the G.K.C. calendar. But I will have a bash at this when I have time. Willie says it's OK, of course, I hate taking jewels from their settings, but what is a bloke to do? Still, it will be handy for young playwrights to crib Willie's best lines and have it all right on their bookshelves instead of wading through all his plays. WSM has sent us two round bottles of funny-tasting cherry brandy. Got a bit of taste. Or is it brandy with cherries to flavour? My mother says it's a very expensive bottle. Anyway, we promise ourselves one cherry and a little gravy once a week each. This is a lovely gift out of the blue. I don't know why, but I do know it's jolly nice for any reason. 1935. Today I bought a book for ninepence by that chap Albert Einstein because folks have been keeping on saying as how I ought to get myself further educated and that there would be a wider public and assured fame if only I would become more cultured. I'll usually say, I am as I am, God help me. But if you don't like me, you can lump me. And if you don't like the lump, then push off it. But curiosity made me have a go. At this year, blokes writing. And frankly enough, the new cut sold me the world as I see it. But I honestly, I couldn't make head nor tail of it. It says at the start that if Einstein spoke for three days, he still couldn't give you an understandable explanation of what relativity is. Well, if he can't, who can? And in any case, will knowing get me jam on bread or a nice girl to cuddle? For them's the two things that interest me. I haven't even an elementary knowledge of maths. I do not think it's worthwhile to fill my head with Albert's stuff. And truly, although I went end to end through the book, I can't see the world as he sees it. Nor do I think I want to. There are times when ignorance is bliss. If you have to read Einstein to get cultural, then I'll keep as I am and have my night's sleep-in period, undisturbed. No wonder Albert Einstein's grey-haired. James Agate said something tonight which I thought was pretty clever, if it was really spur-of-the-moment statement, which I doubt. The English always admire men of talent, providing they are modest as well. To which I thought, but didn't dare say so, God blimey, you should talk of modesty. But aloud I said, Barnum and Bailey could both use such a freak. At any rate, he laughed. He didn't look at all well. I really must recall tonight that I'm for thinking that Sir James Barry is a very, very touchy old man who is probably as great as people say, but is so darn suspicious that we might try to get his autograph for nothing, or a word or two spoken for nothing. Scotch. Blimey, I'll say so. He wouldn't give you good wishes. 1936. Today, Kipling died. Surely he was the most unapproachable and touchy man in the world of literature, and an awful snob. When I asked for his autograph outside the Albert Museum at Kensington, he raised his stick as I raised my hat, 
and if I hadn't dodged, you'd have hit me. Now, if he'd hit me, he would have had a black eye, Kipling or no bloody Kipling. I think he only wrote three books of any good, Life's Handicap, a collection of grand tales, and The Jungle Books. The rest will die in a pretty short time. And what's more, in 1956, people will say, who's Kipling? And yet right now, in 1936, I'd still like his autograph as the nastiest temper celebrity I ever struck and who nearly struck me. Today, I made a record for Ovaltine, singing my own songs, got paid two pounds and two tids of Ovaltine. Lovely. I can do all that Noel Coward can do, only not as good. Would Noel Coward accept Ovaltine as part payment? The record is for Radio Luxembourg. Devoted this afternoon to writing two articles for the publisher's circular, which they've asked for, 1,500 words each. They don't pay high rates, but they do pay promptly, and it's good for personal trade publicity to write in one's own trade paper. Wrote to Baroness Auxey, accepting invite. Wrote to G. Scott, the R. Agard expert, Ray Points in Alan's Wife. And a nice long letter from John Buchan this morning. How nice for such a busy man to remember the likes of me. Letter from a girl, Eve Basin. Am I any relation? Well, has she got it? Has she got any money? And how old? I could do with a rich aunt. I think I'll reply in a light mood. Must remember to write to Arthur Rackham, my favourite artist. It's reputed he or his brother lived locally years and years ago. A. Rackham is reputed to be very amiable, and for a stamped and addressed envelope always replies, I want his autograph. The weather is stinking, greyhounds going haywire, but the two publishers' circular articles means a week's wages. George V is dead. Well, he never did me any harm, so I suppose I should feel sorry, but I feel nothing. I suppose there'll be another one, and another forever and ever, and none of them will do me a scrap of good, or give me his autograph, or if I was starving, give me a tuppence, kings. Mom's daughter got married today. Mum and I poshed ourselves up and went to look on. Oh no, not invited, only just a look, a friendly interest. We joined the crowds of next stretchers and then had a posh tea at the Regent Palace. Saw Willie at the wedding, but of course didn't speak to him. I have to sell a first edition of his Man of Honour for him. Me, a blooming agent now for WSM. Surely he ain't hard up. For five years I've tried hard to keep my bookshop to keep me, but it's getting so hopeless. Last month I changed its name from the Little Bookshop to the Greyhound Bookshop. You wonder why, diary? Well, I've found out that I have a wonderful gift for being able to forecast Greyhound winners for other people. And I am, from my shop, selling three selections for a shilling and 89 out of every 100 win, and I'm earning 6 quid a week, tipping, and about 15 shillings from book selling, and about 5 shillings from writing. Let's face it, I have sunk to being a tipster. My mother is ashamed of me. Doris has given me Egate Ego 2 for Christmas. I reckon as how it should be called Two Ego instead of Ego 2. It's at times an irritating book because as I look down the index I see memory references to folks I don't know and so few to folks that I do know. A George Felton Matthews has more references than anyone else save for Alan Dent and I don't know either. Nor met em, nor have their autographs. 
Yet Willie Moore has one slim reference on page 408 being merely in a list of playwrights. Dame Madge Kendall, who is a has-been, if there ever was one, is written about on 17 occasions. Hell, I'm having the impudence to criticise Ego too. Golly, I wish I could write as well. It's an interesting book, and I'm greatly in Doris's debt for a loving gift. Only it's all so jumpy. You get started on a topic or a personality, and bang! In a second you've had it, and you really had so little. Like them sweets called Dear Dolly Mixture. Bits and pieces, and not a sweet to have a real suck at. Yet all in all, I've enjoyed it, but I don't think I'll keep it. I know it's wrong. One should be a proper gent and keep all gifts forever. But I haven't the room, and so after Christmas, Ego 2 can go for seven and sixpence. 1937. Had a little find yesterday, paying only threatens for R. Brooks, John Webster and the Elizabethan drama. It is 1916, bound in black buckram, and has a tiny label. I hate labelled titles, so soon get torn. I didn't find it of great interest to read, but I had no trouble in getting 12 shillings for it. I think it's probably worth 21 shillings. I wish it had been R.B.'s Poems 1911. I'd have had an holiday on the process, as this slim crown octavo, also with the label, is worth 15 quid. The book trade has been nice and kind to me. And my sideline as a greyhound tipster has been okay as well. The dogs I tipped almost all winning, so my clients were able to give me 10% of their winnings. Yet it is the periodicals realising at last that although weird, I do write interesting articles, what the public do like. All these facts, plus the advantage of being free, has enabled me to have two weeks holiday in Paris all by myself, yet never alone or lonely. I went to the Paris exhibition. The Palais de Livres was of particular interest to me because although I am, at this stage of living, making more money at tipping greyhound winners, yes, winners, and making more cash than I've ever made before, certainly more than I've made at bookselling or writing, I am still at heart very much a bookseller. And when my luck, if luck it is, at dog tips fails, I shall return to bookselling. In the Palace of Books, I saw some really remarkable bindings, and Mr Bray of Sangorsky and Sutcliffe ought to have been with me, for I think Mr Bray knows more about good bindings than anyone else in London. I spent over an hour with a representative of the House of Plon, a noted French firm of booksellers, and he was so kind and considerate, he found me female company, which made my nights considerably more pleasant. I made a discovery one of the owners of a bookstall across the bridge nearest Notre Dame is an old lady who was born in Lambeth 72 years ago and she speaks French with a Cockney accent. She wanted to know if the Canterbury Music Hall and Gatties were still flourishing, if the stalls in Lambeth Walk were all still the same and if old Joe still stewed eels. She sold me three copies of Radcliffe Hall's Well of Loneliness for roughly 16 shillings a three and I shall probably get ten and sixpence each for them in London. She married a French soldier when she was 40. He died when she was 56, and since then she's living by second-hand bookselling at this store and is well established. My best and biggest and most startling find at this trip has been to go to the flea market some three miles outside Paris. 45 copies of Alice in Wonderland, all in English, all dated 1885, all the 74,000. All red cloth, all done up with a piece of rope. 
a real mystery find so utterly unexplainable. Why did 45 copies of the same edition get together and stay together? Maybe they came from school. At any rate, I was very glad to give two English pound notes for them. I could make three shillings a copy at least on them in London. The old trip is delightful, but I didn't get a single autograph. Better luck today. Sold Mr H. Belloc a mint copy of a first edition of his own novel, Mr Burden, for seven and sixpence, making a five-bob profit. Both of us delighted. I failed to read it myself. That was part six of Fred Basin's Diaries. It was read by Clive Farrahar and sponsored by Adrian Harrington Rare Books of Tunbridge Wells. If you enjoyed it, why not consider subscribing to The Book Collector, a quarterly journal in print and online for all those who take pleasure from books. Thebookcollector.co.uk has all the details. <laughs>